1: So John Bromley and I uh, had a great conversation. I think uh, John is full of energy, full of passion. He is the founder of an organization called CHIMP. CHIMP stands for charitable impact. It's kind of a um, uh, GoFundMe, kind of Indiegogo-like mechanism but I think it's way better, and I know John does too. He, he calls himself well a charitable broker. He refers to Chimp as being a charitable bank. We talked about cultures of giving. We talked about charitable discovery, and we talked about, you know, Canadians are, are, are generous, but only, it seems, when they're actually asked. So Chimp is not really about crowdfunding, just so you know. It's it's it really is a charitable bank, and I'm going to let you, or I'm going to let uh, John tell you more about that. So this is really this is a this is an interview about innovation. It's about entrepreneurship. This isn't just about being charitable and about about what we do with our money and what others do with our money as well. But it's about about coming alongside people and and and. Um, and helping to build capacity, you know, and one one last thing just before I, we get into the interview, listen up for this whole notion of charitable literacy. It's really interesting, and it's something uh, that I think is incredibly in- insightful. I think you're going to really enjoy uh, our, our next podcast with John Bromley. Well, welcome to Face to Face, and today we've got an interview that I've been looking forward to for quite some time. Uh, John Bromley, the founder and CEO of Chimp, is joining us today online from the, is it the balmy city of Vancouver today, John?
0: It's the rainy city of Vancouver today. It's
1: the rainy city of Vancouver. I'm we never say that here in Vancouver. You're, b- you're breaking my heart. It's raining today. You're breaking my heart, John. <laughs> Thanks for joining but us.
0: Vancouverites are happy because we've had a balmy summer, as you say, and um, it's um, it's uh, been really dry, so those of us who are... Uh, used to the rain are also today grateful for it.
1: Yeah, it's good. We're, uh, we're pretty warm here today here in Toronto so uh, I could use with a little rain I think. So we're going to talk about a variety of things. We're going to talk about uh, uh, John. Is, what's interesting about today's interview is John and I kind of met, I don't even know how we met, I think it was uh, Brian Weber through the YMCA connected us I think now mm-hmm. off the top of my head another guy who's in the sector as well who, who thought we should connect on some level and so th- I think coming out of that connection we're going to talk today about about giving. We're going to talk maybe about compassion fatigue and donor fatigue. We're going to talk about crowdfunding. Um, but I think a good place, and maybe just about social change as well, but I think a good place, John, for you to start was, you know, you've recently uh, referred to yourself as a charitable banker um, in a way that's kind of oxymoronic to me because um, I don't know a lot of charitable bankers. So can you unpack that for for, for me?
0: Sure. I think simply a charitable banker is someone who's focused on facilitating charity or facilitating benevolence. So it's not a banker's role um, to, to tell you what house to buy. It's not a banker's role to tell you how to manage uh, or how to spend your income. Uh, but it is their role to help you manage your income and how to manage your house purchase and other, and other things like that. Uh, in order to achieve the goals that you have, so I'm an expert at facilitating charity, and I have a, you know, more than a decade of experience at that. You know, I've moved well over a billion dollars of charitable money in Canada. I've been involved in incorporating hundreds of charities. Been involved in hundreds and hundreds of projects, uh, and uh, I've really enjoyed and found a real niche for the role of facilitating your cause to come to life. And so I end up professionally being very cause-neutral, except to the extent that um, promoting uh, benevolence uh, is itself a
1: a cause. So did you get into this whole charitable giving thing? Let's get into Chimp in a second, but did you get into this whole charitable giving thing because somebody said to you at some point, hey, I got a lot of money here, I'd like to give it somewhere, but I don't really know how or or where to go with that?
0: No, I keep dreaming for that to, uh, (laughs) to to happen. Uh, I'm sure I'm not alone <laughs> hey, uh, hey, John!
1: It's yeah. g- not going to be me either, just so you yeah. know. Yeah well, yeah, well, you know, you never know, uh, eh?
0: Yeah, you never know.
1: I always said I've, I, I've always said that I'd make a great rich guy, but uh, it's just. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so no, that's not how I got into the sector. Uh, I actually I got into the sector through uh, a career that started in capital markets and corporate finance and banking. Uh, so you know, I, I have some credibility, I think, anyways, <laughs> uh, in, in, in the banking world and in okay. the understanding of finance. Um, actually, without telling a, a longer story, the the way I got into charity is through my dad. My dad is okay. one of the um, Canada's um, pioneers of charity law and finance, and uh, a very innovative thought leader. And um, despite the fact it was never a plan to go work with or for Dad, I happenstanced into it through a few projects and, you know, 10 years later, there's uh, 40 or so people in our office uh, and when I started there were six. Hmm. And uh, so now we just debate over turkey meals at Christmas, whether they work for me or they <laughs> work for him. Neither of us really care, to be honest.
1: <laughs> so, you've ta- so you're slowly taking over the world, is that what you're doing? <laughs>
0: Well, I'm slowly really taking over my dad's pr- practice <laughs> That's and right. transforming it. Actually, because you know I'm not a lawyer, despite the fact that I spend a lot of time in and in, in, in and around the law of charity, and I take um, you know keeping my uh, my my um, knowledge of that stuff up to date very seriously. I'm not a lawyer, therefore I do not give legal advice. Um, so I don't replace him, but I. Uh, you know i'm not as fluent as i am in, in in charity uh law and compliance and philosophy and the history um and a uh, very opinionated on its future without without actually being his son uh because you know heck where do you learn how to give let alone where do you learn um the uh about the uh the role that elizabethan you know rule played in Canada's common law of charity. Today, for example,
1: so Chimp stands for Charitable Impact. You guys have moved about—is it about eighty million dollars now since inception, That's since right. you founded it? What is? Hmm. I've got a lot of questions to ask you about sort of the genesis of it, but also some of the features of it and so on. But I mean, there is a lot of crowdfunding out there. Is it—is it crowdfunding, Chimp, or, or are we are you trying to take it in a different uh, down a different path?
0: No, it's not. It's not crowdfunding, uh, uh, but Chimp does have crowdfunding functionality. Okay. So, I, I describe Chimp uh, in in loose terms as a emerging socially networked charitable bank. Hmm. So, at its core, Chimp is about giving people or organizations their own charitable account, so that they have one place to do to practice all their giving from. Right. So for those, of, uh, those who are listening who, who, who know what a private foundation is and who know what a public foundation is and know what a charitable organization is, which are the three main entities that make up registered charities in Canada. Um, you know, Chimp or I understand all those things very well. I'm very opinionated on their, their role in Canada's charitable sector and I've effectively recreated those three entities into an online platform. And wrapped those up into the brand. Chain. And a
1: very. By the way, I've used this tool for those of you out listening there today or next week or whenever it is you choose to download this podcast. But it, it's a great tool, and it's. And I'm not just saying this because I got John on the line. It's it's user friendly. It's slick. It's and it's really easy. In fact, I think John, the first time you and I chatted on the phone, which has got to be six eight months ago now, while we were talking, I'm pretty sure you sent me a twenty dollar twenty dollar donation which came to my inbox, which I then clicked on while we were talking, opened an account, and was able to donate it to my <laughs> to my cause of my choice. Right. It was right. really, c- and, and I'm assuming you got, the do- you got the receipt instantly through the email.
0: Yeah, well, in that context, yeah. I would have got the receipt uh, because I put the original donation into my account, and right. I chose to use that money, or $20 of that money, to send to you to pass on my you know, values of giving to you and or to thank you for what I'm sure was an engaging phone call. Now right. neither of those things have I know
1: that it was deeply engaging, just <laughs> so you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's so so what I love about that though is is the the, the the immediacy of it and I think, you know, one of the questions that's coming in a few minutes for me is well why would I use Chimp and and not GoFundMe or Indiegogo or something. But what I loved was the immediacy and the fact that you got the receipt immediately. And then I had control of the money to give to what is it? One of 80,000 charities in Canada. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's amazing.
0: Right. Yeah. So, so Chimp is about you and it's right. about enabling you to give on your own terms. Nice. I may have facilitated you to give by sending you $20 for you to pass on, but I'm not saying, Hey, this money has to be for right you know, charity A or charity B. Um, now, the genesis of your question was about crowdfunding. So nothing we've talked about to date has anything to do with crowdfunding. So I don't see crowdfunding in the charity sector as a company-making, as an, as an idea that's kind of company-making. Now, that's my own opinion, and, mm-hmm. and it's totally, totally fine to disagree with that. Or I should say it differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think – that's not that's not what my strengths need to be used for. I see crowdfunding as a functionality. You know, so – can you crowdfund a chimp? Absolutely. If you want to pool money together with friends to, you know, with your book club every time you meet, throw money together, yep. and, you know, once a quarter, you know, send it out to a to cause relating to, you know, what's going on in a book you're reading. Or if you want to raise money for a, a specific charity or more than one charity, you know, go nuts. Please do. And we give you the tools for that. We call them giving groups. We call them campaigns. But Chimp is not a crowdfunding um, system. It's 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 a system that has crowdfunding has crowdfunding features. But it's just a feature in the same way, uh, you know, the ability to send money from my account to your account as a charitable gift or a charitable reward is a functionality. And in the same way that my uh, company can match my donation. Um, uh, the donations I make as an individual, if they want to, so I, I, I differentiate between f- functions that facilitate charity to happen uh, from ideas that uh, cause a culture uh, to become more charitable. And it's the second thing that I'm actually focused on, but I'm but I need functionality in order to create, you know, better, more fluid, and more cost-effective cultures of charity in Canada.
1: So. You know, uh, you've got a long history in this sector, um, banking in your background. You've, you've been kind of around money for a long time. Are are Canadians generous? Do, do we like to give? I mean, is that part of the reason why you set up Chimp, or is it that you wanted Canadians to give even more, but in a more, huh, I don't know, focused, intentional, measurable way? Does that make any sense?
0: It does. I mean... Uh, y- yes to all of that i mean let me let me say a couple things yep starting with the first point are canadians generous yes okay canadians are generous do canadians make giving a part of their you know everyday life their part of their family life no hmm. generally speaking most of us don't so what's what's the what's bridging that gap right now. Well, they're generous, but they don't make giving a part of what they kind of do on a monthly or annual basis. So what's making up the gap right now and which is a cause of concern for me is fundraising. Hmm. I'm a fan of fundraising. I'm a fundraiser. I'm a successful fundraiser. I don't have any problems with it. But conceptually, if fundraising is the only reason, in this case, Canadians are giving. I have a really deep-rooted problem with that. There's two reasons. One is why aren't we just giving on our own terms?
1: Hmm. Why aren't we giving because
0: it's
1: because it's like the right thing to do, for instance. instance.
0: Because it's the right thing to do, for instance, or because we think it's a worthwhile way to allocate a portion of our income or a portion of our net worth. So what? So John,
1: just to be clear, you're saying Canadians are generous when there's an earthquake in Nepal.
0: Uh, statistically, Canadians are Canadians only give to charity, generally speaking, when they're asked. In other words, if you are not asked, you do not give.
1: Interesting. Wow. Okay.
0: The pockets where there's exceptions to that are relatively fewer and farther between, and historically relate to um, uh, religious scenarios where there's a theological context, a cultural theological context for people to give and it's effectively an obligation in the Christian world that would be I
1: important. grew up I grew up in a church that and I got to tell you to this day it still comes up in conversation they didn't yeah. have paid staff they were yeah. so proud i think small p proud of the fact that they gave away 90% of the money that came through their door and yeah. they gave it to so missionaries and they gave it to organizations because they had yeah. no staff and they said 10% admin and this was before <laughs> i knew anything about yeah. any of that whole admin marketing kind of stuff yeah. and so and i mean arguably
0: yeah. admin and marketing that's a different thing but actually yeah, the yeah, sure. of a se- sec- so but canadians are generous when they're asked and okay. what i'd like nice. to, okay. what i'd like to change is I'd like to get rid of that second part and just say Canadians are generous. Interesting. Now, now, why? And now it relates to your admin and marketing thing. Generally speaking, um, there's two problems with the fundraising-based charitable paradigm, and I refer to the charity paradigm that we're in today in North America or globally as a fundraising paradigm. In other words, if fundraising disappeared, charity would be in deep, deep trouble. Hmm. Um, And why? It's simple. Because if if fundraising's not there, asking, no one's giving. So the number one reason why we need to sort of um decrease the reliance on fundraising is because of the costs involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. One short point on that. Fundraising right now in let's just talk about Canada is playing two is having to solve for two things instead of solve for one. And as a result of that, it's the costs associated with fundraising are much higher. So not only is fundraising saying, are you going to give to me? Because fundraising is like the sales and marketing arm of a charity. So are you going to give to me my charity? You know, we save dogs better than anyone else. Right. On top of that question, which is the necessary function of fundraising, fundraising is also having to say, are you going to give money, period? If you, don't, if you haven't given money, you can't give it to me. So when people aren't sort of making, giving a part of their everyday living and sort of saying committing, you know, 30 bucks a month, a dollar a day to, to just charity in general, uh, fundraising is kind of having to say, hey, twist your arm to actually sacrifice that money. And once that's happened, please allocate it to me. And when you start breaking that down pragmatically, you're going, holy crud, no wonder, you know, 30, 40 cents on the dollar is being spent on administration and fundraising in Canadian charities. Mm-hmm. Not because they're ineffective and they don't want to do it. I mean, there's some truth to that in some charities.
1: Sure, but sure.
0: The, the real reason is because their doors are closed and their programs go away if they don't raise their money. Right. So you better go and raise the money, otherwise the programs don't exist. The second problem I have with um, with fundraising is just more of a cultural one and a mindset one. So I believe that... Every person living, listening to this podcast and Chimp believes every person listening to this podcast has something in the world they want changed. I mm-hmm. also believe that every person has something to give. Now, whether you're giving your time, your talent, or your treasure isn't what I'm opining into. I'm just saying everyone listening here has something to give to whatever it is they want changed in the world. If fundraising is the only thing causing you to actually trigger and act on your charitable spirit, I got a problem with that because I worry then that to the extent fundraising is a muscle, does it atrophy in us as human beings to the point where we actually don't need it anymore. And kind of like my tonsils, you can just <clears throat> cut it out and I'm no better off. Right. I mean, I'm no, I'm no worse off or better off, right? So what that, that to me is dangerous. That's dangerous not just for charities. That's dangerous for society.
1: Is that a comment more about the human condition than it is about anything else? Like, are we, you know, you're the, so maybe that's where I was going with the comment when I said earlier, but you know, you're the banker and now you're, uh, RBC, RBC, I think you work with. You're now, you're now this chimp charitable guy, charitable impact guy. Um, are we stingy? like do you know what i mean like so yeah. if 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 i don't get that third party fundraiser knocking on my door who doesn't even work for Plan canada um asking mm-hmm. me for to sponsor a child uh i'm not going to give to them is that is that a comment on on my own hm yeah <laughs> level of oh. of of apathy or is oh. it is in my upbringing you know what what is that
0: i'm not a behavioral psychologist you know i am opinionated on this kind of stuff because i think about it but i actually think about it on um, simpler terms. So banking at its core is about facilitating, you know, the management and administration of money. Mm -hmm. Uh, So applied to what? Okay, applied to housing, you know, applied to, you know, spend, applied to food, applied to whatever, okay? So um, bankers care about financial literacy, or they should. Right. Because the more financially literate uh, culture is, a, the, the you know the more economically stable it is at some level of theory, uh, you know, leave all things else being equal, uh, yep. maybe things like no war, right. and um, um, and also nice for the bankers, the more you know sustainable their businesses, people need it because financial literate people understand that saving plays a role just like spending plays a role. Sure. So so as a charitable <laughs> banker, I worry about charitable literacy, and there's none. There's nowhere in society outside of some increasingly niche type of pockets where people learn about giving. Do you learn how to give in school? No. Are you fundraised at in school? Yes.
1: Hmm. Do you learn how to
0: give at work? No. Are you fundraised at in the workplace? Yes. Hmm. Do you learn how to give... As a member of a sports team or a craft, you know, something, generally speaking, no. Are you fundraised that? Yes. So the charitable banker here worries about charitable literacy, worries about very fundamental things like where do people learn how to give and what its benefit is to society. I, I, I really don't care as John Bromley, frankly, but also as as chimp where you give, I'm not here to advocate, oh, you know, this charity is better than that charity. You know, charitable brokers will emerge to play that role and will, as will other layers of communication. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. just interested in, do you see the value in giving when you invest into giving? Do you see the returns on that generosity? And are you passing those learnings on to your children, on to your neighbors, on to the kids you teach at school? And generally speaking, today, the answer is closer to no than sure. it is
1: to yes. Yeah, I would agree. So, so how, how does, I mean, here I am, the guy who's talking about little things and social change and incrementalism and so on and the splash and ripple effect. Um, and I know how hard it is to move some of these organizations that do some of this work. I work a lot with the nonprofit sector, so I'm just trying to think of this idea of change and how do you, how do you you know, you talk you talk about cultures of giving. How do I I guess a better question is why would I create a culture of giving in my home or in my workplace? You know, there are lots of mechanisms for it and certainly inevitably somebody's going to knock on the president's door and say, "Hey, would you guys consider giving to the United Way or or, or whatever, um, but how do you create that? Or more importantly, why would you do it in the first place?
0: Well, I think you do it in the first place because you think and or you know, and there's you know some a lot of evidence out there to suggest that this is true that people are better off, they're more productive, they're happier when they are giving agents. Right. I mean, think about your children. I've got two young boys. You know, it's absolutely imperative. It's non-negotiable that they learn what selfishness selfishness is and, you know, when it's applicable. Mm -hmm. And when Mm -hmm. it's not more like the context in which selfishness exists, what is giving and why is it important? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. how does it make them a better person? I mean, we're not just talking about giving money to charity. We're talking about, you know... A, a whole spirit of giving. Yes, yeah, a spirit charity, of giving. Right? Yeah. Sure. So to me, you know, the benefits as to why, I mean, if you think about them at its core, I'm not really, you know, I've frankly almost never met anybody who argues against them. Um, people, you know, argue against, oh, well, giving to charity is silly, because, you know, charities are so ineffective. Well, right. Then I mean I love it when people say that because you sort of say well which charities and inevitably they have one or two. Oh, it makes me crazy. Like, when people are say there? That, you yeah. know, do you know there's eighty four thousand other charities? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, so, um, but you know, listen, it's it's I mean it's increasingly being articulated now that social change has been taking, taken more seriously. Yep. That I mean, for example, just look at the millennial generation. There's tons of stats out there that sort of say anything from millennials will work for less in a company that gives them meaning all sure. the way through to, you know, employees who are, you know, find meaning in their work are much more engaged and right. productive. Right. And those two things of course are related and at the core of them I think is the human spirit that just wants to contribute towards generally making things better as opposed to worse.
1: Yeah, do you do you think you're an optimist?
0: Yeah, I'm an optimist.
1: Yeah, I know. I would th- I would but say I'm, so. But I'm a
0: cynical. I'm a cynical optimist. Yeah. So, I mean, for example, when you talk about how does, where does change, you know, how do you make the change come? I mean, with I've had a lot of experience in the sector with technology, without technology, and, you know, I'm just maturing to the point where I work around, the, um, naysayers rather than trying to convince them of otherwise. So, for example, if charities are too ingrained in a fundraising paradigm where they think they've got to own their donors and yada, 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 then, okay, you know, I'm not actually going to sit here and spend my time convincing you. Otherwise, I'm going to work with that charity who doesn't have that view. Or, forget that, I'm going to go straight to donors and companies and give them tools that make it easier for them to act on their charitable spirit. And uh, guess what? Charities are going to have to come to the table because there's, you know,
1: so so what I'm hearing here and what I'm loving about what I'm hearing, and you correct me if I'm wrong, um, is that uh, there is a much more uh, relational component, a much more human component to what Chimp's trying to do than say, oop, dare I say it, Indiegogo or... GoFundMe or so on. I've had a little bit of experience with those organizations. Never mind, by the way, I'm sure you're, you're itching to talk about the percentages. I'll speak about them. I know that the percentages that Chimp and uh, sorry, that Indiegogo and other crowdfunding organizations take are astronomically high in comparison to what Chimp takes. So, folks out there, check it out. It's it's very low and, and, and manageable. So, that's I think, and if you want to run with that, go right ahead. But th- there's a there's a relational edge to what you're trying to do here. You're, you're, you're interested in people giving, but you're also interesting in, interested in changing the way people giving. So it's not just a fun... Because me- when I look online at Chimp, I go, wow, what a great mechanism. But it's way, much more, it's way more than just a mechanism, isn't it, John?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I've got nothing bad to say about Indiegogo or GoFundMe. Those places are critically important. They're yep. insanely innovative. Um, do they apply to charity? yeah but I think increasingly in the future they're going to have less and less to do with charity unless they decide you know purposely to to focus on the sector. The reason why they're so important to charity today um, is because they offer very good tools that work and right. charities have been right. you know known about crowd crowdfunding since before they even knew about crowdfunding because guess what fundraising is yeah. It's yeah. you know yeah. raising money from a whole bunch of people. From a whole bunch so of people, yeah. What, so what's crowdfunding in the context that they talk about it today? Well, it's effectively just a web-based tool for fundraising. So the question becomes fundraising for what? Well, if you're fundraising for a charitable purpose and a tax receipt is issued, then you're crowdfunding for charity. And if you're, you know, doing something for non a non-charitable purpose and where and where a tax receipt isn't and can't be issued. Then you're, you know, fundraising for something else. So sure, sure. Indiegogo and those places are critically important, and servicing the charitable sector largely because people who want to act on their charitable spirit and do something for charity can't easily go to a charity's website and find any useful tool. Right. I mean, it's not use. It's 2015. It's not useful to just simply hit a donate button and have your you know, your visa card dinged. I mean, it's maybe more cost-effective, or it is more cost-effective than sending a check into the charity that has to be processed. Yada yada. But you know, the the context in which humans give is way more complex than just mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So so, Chimp is about the human spirit, but I don't think it's to say that Indiegogo and GoFundMe aren't about the charitable spirit, or I can't I can't, or about the human spirit. But I can't speak to that definitively, though we are more interested in doing what's required to cause people to stimulate their charitable spirit and act on it mm. for real, mm. do something, than we are about just building functionality to bring crowdfunding to the charitable market before someone else does.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, right? good. Because, I mean,
0: geez, I mean, you know, give it another five years, and like through Chimp and other things, I mean, it's going to be completely free for so, every charity in the country to use crowdfunding tools to raise money for themselves
1: John how does a banker who really is just interested in making lots of money um, <laughs> sorry for the caricature but go from that and making lots of other people lots of money how do you go from that to this
0: well I think there's a personal story there that actually you know isn't what everyone sort of thinks it's going to be, which is, you know, I woke up one morning and just had this epiphany that right. I saved the world. It's not right. it's not that. It actually has a lot more to do with, um, you know, my family background and, and my dad's, you know, personal, you know, pioneering, uh, personal professional relationship to, to pioneering the legal and finance world mm. in, in, in Canada as it relates to charity. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I i don 't disagree with your character of bankers, and bankers haven't done a particularly good job at um, sort of um,
1: well, you know, I protecting started
0: themselves from that, but yeah, but what I do think is that despite the fact that that's what bankers appear to be today, that's not the role that banks and bankers have played throughout history uh, that banks and bankers have figured out how to create margins is as much to do with. The ability for pools of capital to come together and create a float of money that, you know, when it sits for twenty-four hours, let alone a year, you know, there's returns on investment that can be generated, et cetera, and 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 so banks, I think, and bankers taking the stigma away are actually just about facilitating, you know, money. And assets to be managed appropriately administered appropriately for the owners of those monies with are people and or companies to mm-hmm. use them in whatever they, way they want to do and so you know chimp is about taking that exact same mentality and just applying it to charity so are there assets you know and you have money and other forms of assets that you want to allocate towards charity well if yes here's uh, very cost-effective account that you can centralize all those into and make the decision tomorrow or the day after that or the day after that as to where you want to give them. So I just see myself and, and banking in the charity world really being about facilitation, administration, and right. management um, so that you free up individuals and or companies to think about what they actually want to impact.
1: You know, I working in the sector and talking to people uh, often. I don't consider myself uh, a fundraiser. Uh, I'm I'm sort of labeling myself these days as a social change consultant, coming alongside, building capacity, uh, helping others. Uh, our tagline at So Change is helping you do what you do better. What I do find, though, as I um, you know bump into more people who want to dominate money, who want to get behind a cause and so on, one of the first questions out of their mouth is, and, and, and this is not a caricature, is, well, how much did they spend on administration? And I think it's the wrong question to ask. It might be an inevitable question that needs to be asked, but I don't think it's the one that should be coming out of their mouths first. And, and I wonder what your thoughts are on that. I mean, your, your company, your organization is called Charitable Impact. You're interested in making a difference long term. And, you know, government donors will come and they'll evaluate one and three and maybe even five years after they've uh, five years uh, during the, f- the, the life of the project. But they're not coming back 10 years from now. That's what I'm talking about. That's when you're going to start to see sustainable impact. And, and, and a change in relationships and a change in the community it can't it can't happen so quickly so I guess i'm I'm, I'm wondering if you agree with that statement and 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 is that a part of changing this whole your notion this cultural of giving
0: uh, that's a big question so mm-hmm. I'll try be succinct and you can ask more on it if you want uh, I think that people don't Understand, there's not a literacy of charity. Mm-hmm. There's not a literacy of giving as a, to charities in particular. Um, as a result, people jump to the kind of really easy things to focus on, and, that, and 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 management and administration expense in a charity is an easy thing to focus on because conceptually, uh, everyone just wants as much of their money as possible mm-hmm. to go to, you know, their cause of choice. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I gave $100 to the ducks, I won $100 to yeah. go save the ducks. Yeah. And because of a lack of charitable literacy, they don't sort of, uh, I don't know, understand, and I think it's more realistically, they don't stop to think about the reality that um, it takes some money to save the ducks. Right. So... <laughs> So, so,
1: so but you know what, what I find, John, is so many of these folks are in fields where it takes money to do what they do and I don't get it. And this is where I think there's a serious disconnect right now in the whole sector between talk. you know, charitable law, even they got to catch up to the yeah. whole idea of what it means to be a non-profit versus for-profit, you know? Yeah. What about yeah. the triple bottom line, people, planet perspective, how come you're, you know, anyway, it makes me crazy a little bit. I think a it's, I, think it's
0: a, I mean, without going into all the different, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think literally it's it's that people do, are not literate enough, they're not fluent enough on the discussion To and then as a result they focus on whatever is easiest to right. focus on. The other right. thing is that through the cynical lens is that they focus on the type of stuff that excuses them out of giving. Well, I <laughs> oh, give, I'm so
1: I, glad you said it, because... I
0: give more to charity, but, you know...
1: <laughs> they're f- just all losers. Yeah, and... and That's right. Go
0: back to some of the stuff we talked about earlier, which was um, uh, the fundraising paradigm. Yeah, so, yeah. So the, the less you, as a donor, give to charity organically, without anyone asking you, the more it costs the charity to raise money off of you. So... People who are not giving to charities um, but are waiting to be asked before they give are are a part of the problem mm. of high administration and fundraising. Expense. Interesting. no question about it. So people... Um, <laughs> I love it. Hang and, on. And hang
1: and on. I think that's the sound bite, John. People who don't give are the ones to blame.
0: <laughs> well, I would say... Uh, those are your words. John words Brunley, are, CEO, yeah. Chip. Well, well, yeah. Oh, no, my words are, <laughs> where it would be it would be just a slightly softer, they're part of the problem. Of course. They're yeah, not yeah, the no, problem, sure. but they're yeah. part of the problem. Okay, but also, charities, you know, don't learn quick enough to stop raising money off people who don't try to raise money mm. off people who don't
1: give to them. Who don't give to them. Ah, wow, that's so great. there's all sorts yeah. of
0: things that factor in, and it's not as easy... You know, as we'd like it to be. To yeah. Well, I think, but, but it's real. It, it, it people who complain about fundraising expense, you know, but still give every now and again to charity are guilty of increased costs because they require the construct of fundraising in order to give, and that construct of fundraising requires marketing and communication yeah. and web and this and that and that, and uh, it's not free.
1: I love, you know, we, we should probably wrap it up here shortly, but, and, and, and I, as always, I don't know that I'm at about 110 interviews now for face to face and I don't think I've ever said, would you please join me again for part two? Um, uh, so I am asking you for that, but, but this idea of literacy of charity and uh, an idea of around being a literate giver, uh, and a literate donor, I think is is, 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 a really interesting notion, but I think it's a really important way forward actually.
0: Well, I'd love to come back. So why don't why don't we why don't we have another conversation? And I'm happy to dig into any of the topics we've
1: uh, talked about. Yeah, any, no, we can we questions. can definitely definitely go deeper. So we've been joined today by uh, John Bromley. He is the founder and CEO of Chimp. Uh, check them out online, Chimp.net. Yes, C H I M P dot net. Um, it is a way more than a fundraising tool. And uh, check out what John has to say, and there's some uh, pretty interesting links there for you. So again, John, thanks thanks for joining us today, and we'll look forward to uh, chatting with you again soon.
0: You're welcome, and thanks for uh, doing this kind of stuff to facilitate dialogue on, on the topic. Thank you. Planning for your next trip?